Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Welcome to episode 74. I'm Rocco, and with me this week is Zeb at home base. And Hi, we everyone. we are joined by Michael and Ryan, who are at SELF right now. That's right. Sitting alongside Noah. Noah Chalai, what's going on? Hey, not much. Thanks for letting me uh, guest host with you guys today. Well, we weren't independently wealthy to come down and visit you guys, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are so glad to get to talk to you. Noah, we appreciate you uh, allowing us to talk to you today and use your equipment. So much appreciated. Not a problem. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. All right. So let's start with you, Noah. What have you been up to? You were on Destination Linux before. Mm -hmm. And how has self been for you so far? Yeah, so things have been really busy both at Alta Speed Technologies and at the Us Noah Show. Um, I think the thing that I've appreciated most and the, the thing that I'm going to walk away with this conference is that the human interaction and a respect for your local lug. Um, Jeremy Sands, the organizer of the event, did a fantastic presentation where he described in detail what it takes to get a event like Self off the ground and how it took 10 years to build what is Self today. And the TLDR of that message was it was all community members from his local lug that helped him get this conference to where it is. And so um, I'm going to walk out of here with a new newfound respect for the human connection that we make here because it's it's not we, we Linux brings us together, but it's really an excuse to to get to hang out with one another and get to chat and have dinner and and, and do all of those things just as human beings. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, we were talking last night on Biddle about um, just being able to talk to each other face to face and how much that helps. And sure, uh, I would I've never been to a conference like Self, but I can imagine uh, being able to, uh, yeah, you know, like yesterday with technical issues and helping each other out and pitching in. Rocco, you have no idea. So the first day <laughs> I get here, the first day I get here, some guy, I'm like, I see Noah, which is an exciting moment for me because I talked to. <laughs> <laughs> it really is because uh, not to be a complete fanboy here, but when I started in Linux, like before I ever did a channel or anything, you were the voice of Linux to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we had you on the show, so I was excited to see you. So I come up to the table and before I could get there, these people swarmed to the table like, we're having audio issues. Uh, we need you to come and Noah's like in the middle of something, but he doesn't care. He stops, grabs a backpack, runs over there, fixes their problems. And I'm pretty sure that's what your life's been. <laughs> Anytime people can't get stuff to work, it's it's called Noah. And we were joking about in Michael's show, I'm sitting there, Michael's having these technical difficulties. And I look over and Noah's on his back trying to fix wires uh, <laughs> underneath to get stuff working. But that kind of um, friendship and partnership that without, you know, how whether you know somebody really well or just a little bit is kind of what I think is the unique thing about being here um, is, is that is that social interaction. And it really oh, yeah. isn't like any other thing I've been to, because in Dragon Con, for instance, there is a lot of entertainment made for you. Right. You've got costumes, you've got parties, you've got all that stuff here. The entertainment is what you make of it. It's the interactions, the people you choose to go hang out with. This could be the most boring festival you've ever been to. If you don't want to talk to people and yeah. you don't want to interact, 
or it could be something amazing where you make really unique experiences and friends. And that's, that to me is what was unique about it. Well, Michael, you, uh, you gave a talk this year and I was uh, watching. I <laughs> okay. So I was watching the live feed and Noah was saying, Hey, we're having technical difficulties and they're trying to work on it. And it was a little bit late. And I immediately thought, you know, well, there's Michael, late as usual. But as time went on and I realized that it was like serious technical issues and I, I've listened to what you were talking about and you had technical issues during your talk. Mm -hmm. And I, pretty much the entire time. Yeah, I felt bad for you, but I have a deep respect for you for continuing on. And no matter what happened, you still continued on and finished yep. it. So I, that was yep. that was pretty awesome. Yep, it was pretty awesome. And oh my gosh, did where the the odds stacked against you? So not only could he not yeah. get his you know adapters and every cord in the place to work, but then the solution is somebody hands him a Chromebook. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy because he hands me a Chromebook with the developer mode of the Christini thing that has Caden Live running on the Chromebook. And it's like, well, that's cool. And I can't enjoy that I'm using this. I have to now try to figure out how to actually make it work for the presentation. So it was it was an experience. And there was a couple of times during the talk where I'm trying to like explain something. I was like, so when you hit the key that this Chromebook doesn't have. <laughs> so, uh, so like, never mind that one. Just imagine I clicked it and then that's and, and then I'll move the mouse and the, that's what happens. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening to it. Uh, just imagine these are actual clips. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had, I had use your imagination. My laptop had everything set up perfectly, and it was uh, smooth. All the clips were in position. The, the transitions were already made and everything. And I was like, this would be great. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I have to just make everything up. And the only way I have it is to make these fake clips. And then, like, okay, it's perfect. So <laughs> what happened with your laptop that you couldn't get it hooked up? And they, there wasn't, it didn't support the, the projector wouldn't detect my laptop. Like I had a bunch of adapter options and did configurations and tried all kinds of things. And the, my computer would, would detect the projector, but the projector wouldn't detect the computer. So you just couldn't use it at all. So like at some point I had to actually, in order to demonstrate something, I had to display a certain video. And the only way I could think of to do it was just pick up my laptop and just show everybody. Which with actually the, worked. That actually <laughs> worked. So, I mean, Overall, when I was watching the people hitting the, they have a little box with buttons on it uh, for people to do a thumbs up and everybody who was leaving was giving it a thumbs up because I think you could still learn something from it, you know, and like you said, I think the good thing is he powered through it. Education it, so. through disaster. Yeah, education <laughs> through disaster. <laughs> and that's something that no one knows about. So he's been, he's been fixing things and that's what his show's all about is asking him I, can't, I still can't believe till this day that you take live phone calls of people I like <laughs> how how awesome is that you, you could take live phone calls and, and not even have prepared to find an answer you know what i mean that's like you know, you, you know so it's funny you say that because i i went to give a i, I spoke here itself <clears throat> and i went to to give a presentation and uh, there was something wrong with the audio system and so i, I get down I'm like, oh, i'll fix this so i i go and I, I start working out i get that fixed i get back up stage and it dawns on me and i think i actually said this out loud in the talk i'm like holy cow i am qualified to give this talk on on, on, on broadcasting on linux because we're gonna fix it right here live but i actually i had a gentleman we were doing the show we did the show all three days live uh from southeast linux fest and i had a gentleman call into the show and i said uh, how can i help you and he says well i want help configuring an ipv6 interface and i said okay and he goes i'm three tables down 
<laughs> oh. Hi there. Come on down. So he brings his laptop That's and like funny. sets it in front of me. And so like while we're on the air, we're like, okay, well, we'll shell into here and open these interfaces up. And here's your IPP. So, oh, look, you put an L instead of a one. That's your problem. <laughs> Always. Superb. Yep. So, so when you're doing it live and you're on the phones, do you have a delay just in case? We have a broad, we operate on a 15 second broadcast delay, but the broadcast delay is not in place in case I don't know something it, it because it would be very obvious because there'd be 15 seconds of silence if we used it. But uh, it, it, the broadcast delay is in place to ensure that we don't violate the federal government's requirements not to use profanity on the air. Right. Yeah, and 15 seconds, there really isn't enough time to search it and find the answer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, not with that attitude. Uh, I'm sorry. So, not unless your Google flu is strong. What, of course. What is, let's go each one of you guys. What are your favorite highlights for at self? Uh, okay, let's see. My, one of my favorite highlights is uh, even though my talk was a disaster, it was fun and a lot of, and the, just the interaction with, with the people who were there. And there was a, quite a few people that surprisingly showed up because it was like, I, I was kind of worried that no one would show up. And there was probably about 80, 90% full. So like that was fantastic. So it, even if, even though it was bad, I still get to talk to people afterwards and, you know, have, have good conversations that at least I could kind of explain away the things that I couldn't explain in the talk. So right. it was, it was, that was nice. And there's also like, like all just the, mainly this the social aspect of all all the people here and meeting all the different people and stuff like that is is it's a great experience. Brian, yeah. Well, I, I think I have to echo that. I mean, it's the it's the social interactions. Meeting Noah was a huge highlight for me, honestly. And uh, Simon Quigley, seeing him uh, in person because he's just you know an amazing prodigy though we don't ver never want to tell him that it seems like is the thing um <laughs> I mean, you, listen you don't want to make his head any bigger than it already is okay <laughs> like, it has, it has enough going on and the, the thing is he's 16 years old and what's funny is he is dealing with very adult problems right like yeah. you're talking like 50 60 thousand dollar problems per clients and this kid knows how to fix it but that's too much responsibility to, to, to put on the shoulders of a, of a 16 year old so yeah we we don't we all talk about him behind his back very positively, but nobody wants to tell him to his face. Like, do you know that you're a child genius? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that that's fun and meeting like Pete and some of the folks from our telegram group that uh, hang out with destination Linux. That's been really cool. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, watching some of the projects that they work on. Cause it's kind of like a thing here. If you have your laptop out, people will just sit next to you and be like, what are you working on? And so you're seeing like this, this, uh, camaraderie come together and, and see the different projects and i think pete himself dropped like four droplets while while he's been here so far of different servers that he's just created and put on so it's been neat watching that yeah. type of stuff and seeing what other people are doing with linux what about you yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I've, I've, like I said, I've really enjoyed the community aspect. I, you know, it's what I, I think one of the things that is underrated when it comes to Linux conferences, maybe even conferences in general, mm. is food, right? Like, it seems like everybody here goes to the talks based on what we can arrange for food. Like, they're like, well, that's the talk before lunch. That's the talk after lunch. That's the talk that's before the talk before lunch. Like, everything is, everything is around food. And then when that food moment comes, there's everybody's like, so we're all going to get lunch. Where are we going? And 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 then we're going to, to this restaurant or that restaurant. And sometimes there's a multiple group. We went into a burger place. 
pandemonium. I, I don't even know how to describe this. <laughs> like we show up and I'm in the first car and I've got me and my wife and my three kids. And so we walk in and we're like, okay. And I start looking around the restaurant. I'm like, I think there's a lot of people that were coming. There's like, you know, 19 spots to sit in this restaurant about and 25, 20, 25 so, yeah. spots to sit in the restaurant. And no, I'm saying it's like 19 <laughs> spots and 25. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 19 spots to sit in the restaurant. So I'm a little concerned. And then the first like real car gets here or a truck gets here with, with people and like 10 people come in and I'm like, Oh man. Cause there's other people in this restaurant. Right, yeah. and the first 10 people come in and we're like, Oh man. And, and, and the, the, the front desk staff or the, uh, you know, waitress or whatever, she's like, we'll push some tables together. It'll be okay. And I'm like, this isn't even half. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and then the next seven people come in, and then the next ten people come in, and then finally it's like we took over the entire restaurant. And we have people with Linux shirts on and talking to Linux and talking to the waitresses about Linux. It's yep. just great. But did you right. convert their restaurant to Linux when they weren't looking? <laughs> <laughs> we put destination Linux stickers all over the place. Ryan, you better have handed them out everywhere. I thought. Did you did you do good on your promise to actually apply them to cars? In the park. Uh, well, we we wanted to hit Noah's car specifically, and uh, but he was he came out with a bat, and he's actually pretty scary with a bat, believe it or not. Um, no, we, uh, oh. we we didn't do that. Yeah, Zach likes it. Um, no, but we we definitely uh, got to hand out a lot of the Biddle stickers, the Destination Linux stickers, and our Michael's channel, my stuff. We all and and everybody here loves stickers. I just don't know what they do with them all. They take them. <laughs> where do they put them uh, so yeah but there's there's a lot of booths here and and people giving out stuff but we've been able to hand out a lot of uh, uh stuff for destination linux for those who are interested in it. it's been fun yeah so you guys talk about um you know the social interaction and meeting people but what kind of cool programs for the speaking events did they actually have itself this year oh there was a there's a there was a, a really interesting thing about uh river re, saving it was like saving ancient code with, uh, oh yes from ESR. Yep. yeah yes yep. there was a couple cool talks yeah the the so that was one of esr's talks the second one he did was an open source ups so oh, yeah, his yeah. ups died and this guy said you know what this is this is not good like we have no way to see into these things we have no way to replace components in these things man i can't even understand sometimes the the troubleshooting lights that are on the outside of these things why don't we build an open source hardware appliance based ups and he did that and then he gave a presentation so that you can do that yeah and he got a bunch of other engineers that are doing that it also has a good pun name of upside yes right the upside yeah. to a failing ups right yeah. <laughs> uh, there were other talks about like small businesses a guy who brewed beer which made awesome beer by the way it had like coffee kind of oh base. yeah but he had turned his small business and gave a talk about his small business utilizing linux uh, i thought that was interesting as well as uh, there, there were talks on really any facet of Linux that you would be interested in from Python programming language, for instance, if that was a thing, there was a talk for that that was really interesting. If it was business pieces of it that you're interested in, there were talks for that. I mean, they, they filled it up pretty good with yeah. content that you could hit every time in between eating because that was the important, <laughs> that was the important part. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, like levels of like it also like every range was covered in most in most cases. So like there was even like binary exploitation and things like that. So in knitting weird enough, what, what's with the knitting thing? Actually. So the knitting thing was weird enough. What's with all the database stuff? Yeah. Did you oh, yeah. notice how many database talks there were? There's Kubernetes and My MySQL and stuff like that. There was actually a MySQL, like I think every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. In almost every room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was extremely database heavy. You want a job? There's a hot tip. Yeah. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Apparently <laughs> the South, Southeast, they're really looking for DB admins. Yeah. 
Well, this is a, a question that we ask everybody um, that we have on as a guest. So what, you know, you talked a little bit about the, the social, but what is the atmosphere at self? Is it casual? Is it crowded? Is it crazy? Is it laid back? What is the atmosphere there? It depends on the time. It's kind of like a combination of both. So like, I wouldn't say it's ever crazy though. I'd, no, it depends. Like when there's a when everybody is in the same like room. There's like sometimes there's like get-togethers like the entire conference is off, yeah, off, asked to come and things like that where it kind of it can get crazy. But like yeah, I think the most part about it is that it has it's like a an organized uh, it's an organized chaos that is more socially like lenient to like do whatever you want. Like there's no restrict, you know. Like it, there's other conferences I've been to where you go to the you go to the conference and then the talks start. And then there's no one around outside of the talk. Everybody's in the talks and it's, it's got like a very corporate style. Whereas this one is, even if you don't have, you don't get the chance to go into a talk, there's going to be a, a plenty of people in the hallway to talk about whatever you want. Like, and it's, it's just, it's a, it's much more of a, a laid back in that sense. Mm-hmm. So. I agree with that. It's, it's smaller than I expected. But then again, I, like I said, I'm comparing the only other conference I've been to in my life is dragon con where there's a million people oh, sure. they go through so you know i'm expecting a festival and, and t- but it's still i think probably a good what 500 people maybe attended here uh we can still get some stormtrooper suits if you want yeah we get stormtrooper suits uh but so i would say the chaos part only comes when noah is deciding on where we're going to eat and everybody heads there in droves that's the chaos <laughs> part hey i want a chinese <laughs> and we wound up at bang bang burger so <laughs> Where, wherever Noah goes, there is a crowd of a vehicle fleet just following him to wherever he's the going. The funny thing eat. about the Bang Bang Burger, I came at the end and I, like, we went to the we went there the, lab the night before, and that's why I started telling people to go to it. And then all of a sudden, everybody's going, and I had no plans for that. And I came in and like, uh, I'm sorry that we just unleashed a whole conference on you. <laughs> They're like, no, thank you very much. It's great. <laughs> the food, food truck guys, they, they were out back and uh, they came up, they came in to the, the conference organizers and they said, uh, how long can we stay out there? And the conference organizer looked at me and said, how long do you want to make money? <laughs> and they, they, I'm not kidding. We ate the food truck out. Nice. He was, he looked down, he's like, inventory is going to be a problem. And they ran out. And that then when they great. ran out, they packed up and went home. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to put a uh, link to the your the article that Noah Chalaya wrote <laughs> on the first to broadcast entirely on Linux. And yeah. if you haven't read this article, it is pretty awesome. And uh, it just gives you a backstory on, you know, your beginnings uh, with uh, Jupyter Broadcasting, Noah, and mm-hmm. goes through. Uh, if you want to highlight anything, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, I think that the, really the message that I was trying to get out there with that article and the message that I want to continue moving forward is that you can do these things on Linux. And I think Destination Linux has proven that at a time when Jupiter Broadcasting decided that we were going to transition more to an audio network. You guys have said, listen, there is a void of people that want video Linux content. We are going to pick up that. Uh, we're going to pick up that torch. We're going to carry it forward. And I, I, I don't know for sure, but I would have, I would hope I would like to think that the example that we set by saying, yes, you can do that on Linux, started out by saying, oh, let's try that OBS thing on Linux. Let's see if that works. And we've got an all Linux broadcast running here and it works very, very well. And I think that if we can get that message out there and we can get that to the next generation of people and the next generation of kids that come up and they they start to associate with. Yeah, Linux is absolutely a capable operating system that can handle those functions. You just have to have a willingness and a mind open enough to actually try it. Right. 
Well, I was a longtime listener of the Linux Action Show, and it was cool to see the back end story of what was going on at the time. Uh, great article, and I love the uh, comment here. When you had a few concerns, including my almost cartoon-like inability to remember anything, <laughs> like all I could think about was me. You know, like I have the same exact thing, or I just have trouble remembering things, and it's like, oh my gosh, it was hilarious and great article to see. So, thank you, sir. All right, moving on. We got some questions for you, Noah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of got a glimpse of this uh, because we were kind of getting the show set up and I was really surprised, but maybe this is just kind of an alternate computer. But the question mm -hmm. is, what distro are you rocking these days? Okay. And uh, why is it GNOME? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow, just cut right to the point on that one. Uh, so this is my computer, my personal computer over here. Okay. And uh, if I don't get hung up on it, and uh, as you can see, camera can see, mm -hmm. see, it's running KDE. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, fist bump it. All right, fist bump on air. So what the reason for this is, and I, I now I, thanks to <clears throat> some gentlemen last night, I now have the perfect story to illustrate why this computer exists and why it's here and why it's running the way it is. Last night at about two in the morning, I came out of the one of the conference halls and I see a bunch of childlike men snickering and grinning as they are clouding around my broadcast machine. And as I approach closer, I notice they have stickied the Apple logo that they had crudely colored out like a child <laughs> on a notebook paper and taped to the back of my computer. On the screen of my computer, I noticed Mac OS was installing. Oh my. <laughs> and, and, and over at the side, they had taken pictures of where they had previously installed Windows 10. Oh, so, my God. Uh, so the fact that this machine is continually tampered with now turned out to all be a joke. But the fact that this machine has to remain on and working and I by that nature, I can't lock it, nor can I secure it. I have to assume that people are going to go through it and play with it and destroy it and demean it and me, Twitter and everything else. And so I just threw stock Ubuntu on there, which happens to be no, no, that was not without any problems, right? Like right, right. before we got on the air, I was, I was, I was, I was uh, critiquing gnomes on notification system. Yeah. The, the stuck icons and stuff. But what I was funny about you telling that story is while you were telling it, Simon mm -hmm. almost choked on his food and he goes, that's me. That was me. It's quite obvious when he can't even eat his food because he's laughing so hard. <laughs> there may or may not be, Twitter evidence of this. <laughs> well, that was interesting. I was surprised to see the note with KD makes more sense now. Mm -hmm. So you're Ubuntu all the way right now. I am at the moment. Yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so speaking of, uh, of all the possible distros, there's been a lot of the past couple months or so. There's been tons of new releases like OpenSUSE, Fedora, and even, the, of course, the new Ubuntu's and stuff. Is there any of them that stood out to you as like, I got to try it, even for a little bit? It just, it just is too compelling. No. <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly you you made a recommendation for kde neon i installed it i have had the, here's the you want to hear the largest problem i've had with kde neon i don't know if i told you the story it's too perfect everything so in great. january i somewhere around the january month i installed kde neon on his recommendation and in my mind's eye i said well, the LTS comes out in two months. So I only got to live with this thing with two months and it'll be fine. And then I'll erase it. And I'll just, when it, I hate it, I'll start back over. What turns out it works. 
And uh, further turns out that I never need to restart my computer like I had to every I'd say every once every couple of weeks with GNOME, it would crash or something and it would force me to relog in. Well, KDE is missing that particular <clears throat> feature set. And, um, <laughs> and so what what happened was I got to literally June of like last week and I go to log in like an hour before my show. I'm trying to log into my show notes and I realize that I, I had shut the computer off because I was trying to do something with the uh, USB-C dock and it wouldn't fit with the battery and I'd take the battery out. And uh, I realized I had not rebooted my computer in six months. And because I hadn't rebooted my computer in six months, I didn't remember the encryption password that I never thought I'd use because I thought it was only going to be on there for a couple of weeks. And I locked myself out of my own KDE Neon installation and had to reinstall. (laughs) That's the biggest problem I've had with KDE Neon. Those are the problems we expect to have. But when we imagine you, we imagine you never run into that. Yeah, nobody nobody runs into these problems except us. Exactly. So is okay. So are you running Intel graphics? Are you running Nvidia graphics? Nope, it's in, it's all embedded Intel graphics, and I do video editing. I've done streaming. Uh, Both of these machines are running uh, Intel graphics, and they're working very well. So we won't, we can't run, like I can't run KDE Neon as much as I want to because the embedded NVIDIA, I have a NVIDIA 1080 and the oh. second you boot into it, even if you do the proprietary drivers, the the issue you had with GNOME, in fact, is what I experienced. You'll open applications, it'll stay, they're still open, but then the new ones you open pile on top of the notification bar yep. and then there's the messed up text and all the issues there. But what's funny is I can go to OpenSUSE and I can install it and KDE version and not have any of those issues. You should try Kubuntu. I did. Kubuntu is very good. I enjoyed Kubuntu okay. a lot. Yeah, yeah, 18.04 is probably the best release they've ever had. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not biased at all. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Not at all. Oh, speaking of which, you, you, Neon's good. Uh, Kubuntu 18.04 is currently better. So just say Wow. If, if, I, if I reinstall again, I probably would do Kubuntu 18.04, I think. That's, that's, a good, that's a good option. Or stick with GNOME. <laughs> All right, no. So we have, or we try, have been trying to put together sort of a small list of questions that we'll ask everybody that comes on the show. Okay. And this is one of them. So say, and it may be different for everybody, but uh, say you are at self and you've left all of your computers at home. Okay. For some apparent reason. And you have to go to the store, you have to buy a new computer or get parts to make a new computer. You install an operating system. Mm-hmm. What are the first programs you put on there to install Firefox. that you've got to have? Firefox, Thunderbird, Terminal, Telegram. I'm sure I could come up with more, but those four. <laughs> That's a good list. That's a good list. I have to list. think about those four. Those four are staples, which is why I'm so terrible at reviewing hardware. They're like, well, how did this computer work? Yeah, it ran Firefox and Thunderbird and Telegram. And Terminal. <laughs> well, how about this computer? Well, that computer also ran Firefox, Thunderbird, Terminal. <laughs> it turns out you can run it on just about anything. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, it's good. So if you look back over the past year in the Linux world, what have been some of your favorite occurrences? Mm. The transition to GNOME by far has been probably, you know, obviously the biggest staple. Mm-hmm. Um, I think second to that, probably the changes that we're seeing in Canonical, they seem to be refocusing to focus on the user experience on the desktop. And I think that um, absolutely uh, is is groundbreaking. And then you look at the the precedent that they're setting in other companies like Red Hat and Seuss that are beginning to follow and saying, yeah, there is a market here on the Linux desktop and we need to make snaps more popular. We need to concentrate on Electron. We need to concentrate on the user experience on the desktop because people are using this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So 
I know this is kind of uh, creepy, but I was searching. Kind uh, of. Well, <laughs> look, I'm a fanboy, so you know I, I I was searching on some stuff, and I noticed you had some Google glasses that you were wearing in one of your pictures. Yes, and I remember this Google Glass phase, and even remember thinking to myself, like, my gosh, I want to get a pair of these Google glasses, but they were ridiculously priced, and I didn't know where it was going. So I was just curious. With all, there was so much hype during that time with. AR with VR, all of this stuff. Yep. And I don't want to say it's died, but it's certainly there's not as much hype around it as there used to be. Where do you see this going now with VR? Do you see something like Google Glasses coming back in a big way? Or I think that VR has the potential to destroy our society. And I, and I mean, I say that kind of as like, oh, that's funny. But I mean, really, if you think about it, you have right now, you have people that never leave their basement that live inside of IRC. And I am petrified. That if we get if we continue down a path where I can order pizza online and I can build my relationships online and experience life online through VR and I can I can get sucked so far into that reality, I think that has a, a potentially very dangerous side effect for our society for a certain sect of people that have that you know very addictive personality. Um, the second thing I see is I I watch these devices that come out almost as gimmicks. And they get turned more into appliance useful devices. And typically that means stripping down features, getting to what people actually want. The truth is nobody actually wants a live streaming camera and flashy <laughs> notifications about here's what's interesting in this area. Right. No, right. We don't want any of that. Right. When somebody calls our phone, we want to see, is it my wife or is it that random guy from the office that calls me every 15 minutes? No, <laughs> we don't want to. We want to see the text messages from certain people, not from other people. Right. We want to see driving directions if we're about to miss a turn or maybe we get a, a heads up notification if we're about to get into a car accident. I think as the connectivity for those devices increase and we wind up on 4G LTE, those kinds of things, I think, we, I think we'll ultimately get to a point where that technology becomes less gimmicky and far more useful. Mm -hmm. So you still see the viable market here for it. Obviously, there's some fears. This is kind of like the discussion with artificial intelligence that at some point we're going to have to have some potential laws or rules around this stuff mm -hmm. because it's going to affect society in a big way. But you think it's going to come back and it's going to be here. Yeah, I think that you see this all the time with technology. I think we saw X10 come. It was a bad science project. It was fun for those of us that were geeking into it at the time, but mm -hmm. there was no real place for it in mainstream household. And then we watched home automation come back in a big, big way yes. and, and refined itself and, and, and become standard. I think it, the same, we saw the same thing with the global positioning system. It started out where you could get coordinates and you would pl plot a, a line from A to B. And that was good enough because that's what the technology was capable. And then we watched it, but it wasn't, useful for the average person and then we watched it reinvent itself into what now everybody just calls navi and takes for granted yeah and i think that you watch technology do that and i think vr is very much vr and augmented reality are very much going to be the next step in that vr is going to be useful for experiencing and living someplace else maybe it's telemedicine or maybe it's uh you know remote entertainment can you imagine here i'll tell you what i'll share with destination linux my $1 billion idea. Oh, finally. Rock awesome. Let, will, let me hit record. Anybody, yeah. <laughs> anybody who does this will make the first, you, you, you'll be, you'll be a billionaire. Okay. All right. 3d or not 3d, but uh, VR 
sports. The first person to get cameras all over the sporting arena so that you can go to to, to watch the uh, you know, what's the I don't follow sports, but the NFL game that happens in the February so the Super Bowl. Super thing, when yeah. you go to the Super Thing, the Super Bing Bang Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the first person to get cameras all the way around there so that you can put this this VR set on and you can just sit down and you can look around and watch the players and maybe hit a button and all of a sudden you go to the other end of the court. The first person to do that. It's going to be a billionaire. Yeah, I think you're right. That's the future of VR and augmented reality. Yeah, I think it's going to come in a big way. And, and uh, it's funny because the Google Glasses came out so early. And so it was funny seeing you have a picture with you having them. So did you actually have a pair that you walked around with? And what was your feeling of them at that time? Like, did you say this thing is totally not ready or, oh, my gosh, this is going to change everything? It's an interesting hybrid between the two. So at first, I was just flattered that Google wanted me to try their glasses out. So right. I thought that was pretty cool. And they flew me out to California and I got to go visit their campus. And they said, here's how they work. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But after that, I define my life from before I had glass and after I have glass. And, and, and there, oh. are certain, there are certain fundamental things in life that you take for granted that you don't even realize you're taking for granted until they're gone. And... That's how I transitioned into Google Glass because there were so many pictures that I have to this day of my kids, cute, indescribable moments that I was able to capture because there was already a camera pointed at them and I just had to go, and now I took a picture. But you know, it, you know, being able to do that and and being able to, if you know, because I'm notoriously bad with directions, yeah. being able to just I'm, I put in a destination and the and I would get right in front of my eyeball, so even ADD Noah couldn't get distracted. Hey, you're about to miss your turn, you goof. Oh, I turn here. You know, like <laughs> stuff like that is is things that you and I have never seen that replicated. Not in watches, not in smartphones. There is nothing like what Google Glass was, and I like it so much i have two sets now That's and i oh, wow. i rotate between them i just can't travel with them because anybody that has google glass is aware they had a foiling issue and if you travel and the and the humidity didn't changes too much the 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 little reflective piece foils and the glass becomes useless oh yeah. no kidding wow. there's, there's, have you heard about the intel thing they're making there's like a, a gla the glass that goes into your retina. Right. Yeah. It's, like it's, me. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to take it off and set it on the Yeah. Next that's day. a little too well, much. You, yeah, you can take it off. The idea is that it has a laser that just points directly into your eye and only your eye. And it Sounds goes like at a, a specific idea. angle. Yeah. Yeah. The screen hanging off my face is okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I think there is a, uh, a, something to be said of what you said earlier about the fear of people getting addicted to it, getting it and using it as yeah. their life and replacing real life relationships with technology. Some, some people just aren't ready player one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't, isn't there that, that famous meme of, is it, I don't know if it was true, but Albert Einstein talking about um, he, he, his concern is when, technology takes over the brain of humanity and there's all these people sitting around a dinner table all looking at their phones and not talking to each other or it's something along those lines and that will happen even more with vr you, you wouldn't even be seeing your guests you'd all be sitting there with these giant goggles on looking at virtual reality screens of so your I, I think in some ways you lose some things like you're talking there but there's also another picture by the way to battle that one of yeah. the 50s where everybody's holding a newspaper 
at a dinner table and everything. Oh, so excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's All some right. of these things change, but uh, the, so you know what they do is, is basically what, the what same. we do is basically the same. We want to consume information. We want to try to get our brains constantly uh, taking in new information, evolving. Uh, but imagine the social interaction at a place like this with Google Glasses, where one of the hardest things for people like me is to remember names. And you're meeting a ton of new people uh, all the time. Now, on Google Glasses, there could be, or whoever comes out with the glasses or the VR that we use, could have a situation where as somebody's approaching you, it's telling you their name. I mean, how neat would that be to kind of be able to not have that awkward moment anymore? Like, there are so many applications you could do with this that uh, we don't, we're not even thinking about how it could improve social interaction. Absolutely. Terminator style, like uh, pop ups with HUDs. Oh, Mitchell. (laughs) Noah's clothes will fit. Give me your clothes and motorcycle keys. Going back to that sports thing, though, I guarantee you the the, the first hack will be someone takes over the quarterback and throws the ball the opposite way. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so pretty much everybody knows that you're a big fan of tech gear and stuff like that. Has there is anything? Yeah, exactly. Is there anything caught your eye recently that you just you just can't wait to try out, or have already tried out that you like really want to talk about? There is a uh, a new audio system, encoding audio uh, audio packets over IP, that I think will be revolutionary to events like this, and we are going to try to see if we can get something like that implemented um, next year. Basically what we're doing, we tried it in a small form this year. We took a small box and encoded each room as IP and sent all of that audio back to this booth where we then streamed it. And um, what we're going to try to do is get all of the rooms to do that simultaneously. So we can just pick and choose or stream all of them at once. Nice. I think there's a lot of exciting things uh, as well that, are being announced. I think one of the news items we'll cover, we'll get into a little more, but uh, for technology being supported in Linux, you know, like I, I talk about this all the time. A lot of the stuff when I was coming into Linux, people were talking about, Oh, this old hardware running on old hardware, but all this new stuff's out there. And I care about the new stuff as much as I care about old hardware. That yes. Linux running. And Linux yes. does amazing with new stuff. And there's all of these, we covered last week, an article about things like the surface dial, for instance, you mm-hmm. know, the surface dial is a really unique way to interact with a touchscreen interface device. You take it on the screen, right. you could have your pen in one hand and you're moving this dial and changing colors and all of Absolutely. this stuff. Who would have thought this would work on Linux? Well, Linux people, cause now it's in the kernel. So that's, that's just the awesome tech. I think that's coming out too. That's going to be really cool. Absolutely. Yep. Well, one of the things down itself uh, this year was a, a talk, I guess, about ham radios. Yes, the DMR talk. Yeah. So, Noah, did you listen in on that? Did you get in? What is that all about? What is this so, whole? So it's interesting. I So we anchored coverage of the entire event and picked different talks. And usually we would introduce the talks, we'd go to the room, and then I would scramble like a madman to get a bunch of other things done in between so that nobody would notice that I was fixing things and keeping keeping everything up and running. That was the one talk where I looked around and I'm like, everyone leave me alone. <laughs> I listened to that talk from start to finish, and then I went and talked to the guy for another hour after that. And then I went back and ordered all of the stuff that he has and upped it to the single day prime thing. So it's going to be here on Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> now you had a show on ham radios recently where you were talking about the, and in fact, you had an individual you were doing a demonstration with on, yeah. on the show, you mm-hmm. know, to show the importance of it. So, but one of the things I was really wondering is a lot of people look at the ham technology and go, that's old outdated technology. Mm-hmm. 
other people say, well, this could be a survival situation. If you're in a survival situation, having that ham radio, that'd be mm-hmm. an amazing way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Is there any application socially? I mean, outside of survivalist mm-hmm. or just an enthusiast? The or- answer is all three are correct. Okay. There's outdated technology. There's technology like Morse code, which is a fantastic mode for communication. It definitely can't be beat if you want to minimize bandwidth and, and simplicity, mm-hmm. but not a lot, not, a lot of people aren't going to memorize, um, you know, cryptic codes to be able to communicate. Yeah. So no, a tap, tap line, line, right. tap, tap. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. There, so there, 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 there is outdated technology. There's also current technology that, that, that works, you know, like voice communication for social, you know, a lot of social events center around discord or mumble these days. Why? Because we think it's something new and cool to have this voice communication. Well, we've had voice communication since the 1800s. Right. It's just, it was done slightly differently. Um, but this idea of meeting in a central place and being able to chat uh, with voice is, is there. And now, as the, the talk and, and a couple other things have shown, we have the future of technology. Encoding that chat or encoding those digital messages or packets uh, into ways that we can send those out of the ham radio and not rely on third-party services. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you noticed much difference in the hand radio technology or have they just got a little bit fancier with a few more knobs and, and, and bells? Because I used to mess around with CB radio back when mm-hmm. I was a teenager. Um, and the thing in the, United, in the United Kingdom was to take your CB radio, try and bolt on a few extra channels so, um, so that you could get up to the 11 metre ham radio sort of section. Mm-hmm. Is it still the same box that you sit there and tune your channels into, or has it got more integrated with a computer? Right. Absolutely not. It, it has, they very much evolved. Um, new radios today can be anything from a, 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 a radio that, can, that has a USB plug that you can simply control from the computer all the way up to completely headless radios where you literally buy the, the actual transmitter and receiver, but all of the actual control and software and processing and stuff is done in, in software. We call it SDR, software defined radio. So ham radio has always been, and I believe will always continue to be on the leading edge of technology. So it's where technology is going to be. The things that we're figuring out or that we are experimenting with and playing with, with DMR and, and, and FP8 and those kinds of things, those are the things that the, the regular folk will see later on down the road with their cell phones but but we will get access to that technology first and by the time it makes its way into the mainstream we'll have been using it for years yep. the interesting thing too in the linux fest is you can cram for the exam here it's free which is incredible yeah and then you can go take the test the very next day uh, unfortunately they put the um beer event right before the cram so (laughs) (laughs) you're not you're teasing but you're not because there was a there was a healthy majority of people that were standing outside that room going wasn't there a ham test somewhere? I feel like a ham test. I was gonna be a ham radio operator. Now I'm just drunk. I'm gonna do this for a living. So so going back to these um Linux fests that you that you go to you went to Linux Fest Northwest about a month ago I believe. Um, so what's the differences between, let's say, Linux Fest Northwest and Linux Fest Southeast? Sure. Uh, so every different fest has its own feel. Uh, Linux Fest Northwest, I think you it attracts a lot of the... So let's start with this. So let's start with scale. Scale is the largest community organized event out there. So it's it has all of the features. Uh, it attracts all of the same vendors as the as the Linux cons of the OSCONs, except everybody at Linux Fest Northwest isn't running 
or everybody at scale rather isn't running Macs like they are at LinuxCon or, or OSCON. They're they're there because they they really care about the community and the, the technology. It's not so much a a, a profit or a business thing. Uh, you look at Linux Fest Northwest. Linux Fest Northwest tends to be the place that the people that either couldn't make it to scale or can afford to do both scale and Linux Fest Northwest make it. And so in a lot of ways that lends a lot of value to, to Linux Fest Northwest because you get you attract some really high quality speakers, you attract some really high quality demonstrations, and you you make some really high quality connections. Southeast Linux Fest, obviously in Red Hat's backyard, Red Hat has a presence here. Linode was kind enough to sponsor. Um, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of decent sized vendors that come out here to demonstrate, but I would argue, and I think Jeremy said this point blank in his in his uh, presentation, they could do it without the sponsors if they absolutely had to. We wouldn't have mm -hmm. as nice of a venue. We wouldn't have as nice of food, but we'd make it happen and we'd still have fun doing it. And that's because the heart of self has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with business, has nothing to do with sponsors. It has to do with the community and the people that are here. And so when people ask me there, should I go to self? Well, it depends. What do you expect? Do you want, do you, do you, do you absolutely have to learn something or do you absolutely have to have, you know, the, the, the best keynote, keynote address or the, the most prolific speaker in the world on Linux? Does Linus Torvalds himself has to come and address it? Is that the kind of event you're looking for? Or can you settle for us normal Linux folk? <laughs> and if the answer is the, the latter, you're in for a pleasant surprise because there was a gentleman, he was sitting in one of the talks and he looks over and he's like, so, uh, what do you do for a living? He goes, I maintain a little database project of mine. He goes, oh, cool. What's the name of it? Oh, SQLite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that's the kind of, and, and the guy is super humble about it, but that's the kind of people that you run into. You run into these people that are huge movers and shakers of the community. And it seems like you can't turn them away during this very broadcast. If you actually look, if you actually watch the video carefully, you can notice if, if you notice my head is kind of looking around and falling around, that's because ESR came over here for an interview, sat and waited for a little bit. And then I, I guess he decided to, I was taking too long. So he took off. So I have to go find him later <laughs> to get an interview. But not only did I meet ESR, he's coming to our booth to chat. Mm -hmm. yeah, that just does not happen at, at other conferences. And, and, and there's no substitute for it. If there's to my dying day, I will be itself every single year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. So do you feel like, uh, well, I guess you really answered this question already. If there's one Linux Fest people have to attend, Southeast Linux would be the one you would recommend. It'd be really hard. It'd be really hard for me to say that between self-scale and, and Linux Fest North, Linux Fest Northwest scale and self. And I, and I would only be able to answer that if I knew what they were looking, what they for. Were looking right. for. Well, actually, I so actually, I guess I kind of have to change my answer. So uh, I, I got hired by self to be um, AV fascist that's i think my official title <laughs> so so they they do an interesting delegation here the lead fascist or mm -hmm. the lead masochist uh delegates out to the individual fascists now the advantage to doing that and it being a fascist regime is if i say this is the way something's going to be as av fascist and you come and complain and say well i don't agree with noah jeremy throws his hands up and says he's a fascist there's nothing <laughs> to do about it or the highway so, so that's the advantage of it. Uh, but I'm going to be in charge of all of the media next year. And so awesome. I'm going to be taking on a much different role than I've had in the past. And so I guess from that perspective, I have to say, if you're going to attend one event, 
you better be self. There you go. Because you're going to <laughs> so you're going to pretty much ban rock band mics, right? Yeah. Oh, for, no, for sure. No, we're going to use. Uh, I was thinking we would we'd actually no. use like uh, iPhones <laughs> and we just we'd have iPhones and then we would just FaceTime back to the booth. I love it. That's yeah. brilliant. And yeah. we could have like an iPad. We could it's just hold be the it best event ever. Practice. I think so. We'll even put the iPad on a slider. You know, now we go over to Michael. <laughs> but uh, if it doesn't have a rock band, I can't use it automatically. Yeah, well, maybe, this is technically let's, well, let's call this a rock Michael. Band maybe we'll get you a Windows computer and you can find yeah, install Kate and live on it. Wow, <laughs> it, it'll it'll be a disaster just like earlier. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the last time you tried to put Kate and live on a Windows computer. <laughs> so uh, you've been doing the live stream for self uh, at southeastlinuxfest.org slash live was is the like this the main thing for this for the conference mm-hmm. could you tell us a little about the like the hardware and the infrastructure that you had to build to make that happen yeah for sure I, I hope i don't drag your audience down into the weeds with this if you like audio you'll appreciate it um but essentially what we have done is we have taken the 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 talks and we encode that audio over ip we send it back to the booth to another device that receives that audio we then take that audio put it into a mixer add music and and introduction so i can say we'll go now to the oracle ballroom here's so-and-so here's michael michael tonell presenting on caden live maybe and then we we, and then we turn michael (laughs) tonell up and then we turn us down and then from there that audio is going into another box which is getting sent back to my studio in grand forks it's going into a audio processor and getting compression and eq and and all of the things to make it sound as good as humanly possible and then we send it out to asknoahshow.com jblive.tv and southeastlinuxfest.org slash live and the everything up until that very last step where we're streaming to your computer is being done with uncompressed pcm audio so that means it is pure pure unadulterated audio it is apps it's an absolute perfect representation of what we started with and and right, so like a rock band mic it's i would say i would say it's not Comparable. quite to the quality of a rock band mic okay but okay. we're getting very close like okay, we're in good. the same sphere michael i i would say that it's i would say it's kind of like you know like the like the rotten banana that you use for <laughs> banana bread compared to the nice ripe one i would okay, say that's I, 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 you know they're both bananas it's, though technically. Close, it's close. yeah <laughs> technically uh, but, but yeah so we're able to do that with with pure uncompressed audio and so what that means is we are delivering i would argue the highest quality content of any conference out there at the moment it's really cool to come see this setup and uh one of the first days I was here, I was sitting on the side of the table because he's always surrounded by people. And so I was kind of like making my way in and I start writing down his equipment. And he's like, do you want me to just give you a list of everything I have? You don't have to sit there and like sneak <laughs> the equipment. I'm like, oh, busted. All right, great. Um, no, but it is really cool to see the setup and everything you have. And then, of course, the second we started talking about audio, you start pulling out this box, this awesome box oh, yes. of the wireless transmitting device. The Via. Yes. Do you want to grab it? So you want to cool. see it on camera? Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, front box. That, Michael, the front Pelican case there. This so is so, bas- cool. so basically what I was trying to say, the problem is I, I love, I love doing broadcasts. I love doing Linux content. I do as much of it as I can get my hands on it, as much as people give me airtime for. But what has become the problem is I have a day job and I have clients that expect me to do work or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, and so they, they, they call me, they, they call me with these pesky little problems and expect me to solve them and try to give me lots of money to fix them. And I'm How like, don't they? you understand? I have a free show to do. <laughs> and, and so the, the solution to that has been a product from a company called Thailand called the via. And what this is, is like the it's, it's God's gift to broadcasters. So it has three microphone preamps on it 
a, a built-in headphone splitter. Every host gets his own cough button, his on-off button, and a talkback function so he can talk to the other hosts without it going out over the air. So I can say, hi, Metro Tunnel. And uh, <laughs> then we send out over two bonded one gig, gigabit uh, wired Ethernet links. Uh, and basically what it's doing is it's sending two RT, RTP streams back to the studio. And the reason it does that is it can do forward error correction. So if one of the streams loses a packet or a packet gets dropped or whatever, the second stream has been established and it can just switch off between the two. So you never, the, the, the end listener never actually notices any loss in audio. But wow. wait, there's more. <laughs> it, it also contains uh, built-in Wi-Fi, so we can connect over Wi-Fi if we don't have wired Ethernet, and we have built-in LTE, so I can get on Verizon's network or AT&T's network. So all, literally all I need to do a show is a microphone, a pair of headphones, or Mitchell Tunnel's headset, and this <laughs> box right here. It has provides its own internet, or I can use whatever internet I'm given, and I literally just click the little green button, click the studio, and I'm on the air. That's the coolest part of it. Because usually when you see a device like this, you you feel like, well, I'm going to need about a 5,000 page manual and right. nine hour training course. And so I asked you, hey, how complicated is this? And you're like, five seconds later, it would, if I had Wi-Fi, I'd be transmitting right yep, now. Exactly. That is what I love about it is that they put it into a really simple to use interface. But the audio equipment here, what we're saying is it's just, it's top of the line. It's top notch stuff and it's all running on linux that that this that little via has linux inside of it in fact all of those codecs are running linux they uh, the the company told me they tried uh they tried a bunch of different uh, operating systems kernels all these things custom write all this stuff the only one that they could get low enough latency on was linux that's awesome so they're like i guess it all just has to run linux once go. again <laughs> linux comes out oh, on top darn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. we're so disappointed <laughs> So, so, Ryan, I'm disappointed that you're not recording this on your iPhone and mic. Well, listen, uh, I had Instagram up uh, earlier and I was putting little puppy faces on me and everything. Uh, quit calling me a teenage girl's app. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't needed to. In, in fact, I think, Noah, last time you were on the show, you talked about well, one day you want to go around with a camera to show everybody what self is like or something, but you never do because then you don't get to take it in. And that's kind of how I felt about my original plan was to go around and kind of record all of this stuff. Oh, yeah, right. But I felt oh, that like, plan went out the window exactly. the moment you got here. Yeah, yeah. and then you're just like... <laughs> I just want to talk to people. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that, yeah. That, that as a content producer, it's the most frustrating thing because you get done talking to somebody and you're like, holy cow, that would have made a great, yes. great show segment. And I just blew it, you know? Or you try to ask them if they wanted to, like, once they, you, they, you find out, like, well, can we talk about it again? That never again? works. Yeah. That never works. <laughs> it's never as good. You, you, the, people will give you the most elaborate, great explanation of something, this, that, or the other. And then you sit them down in behind a microphone. And you're like, so talk to me about this. This is what you said, right? <laughs> I had an amazing conversation with an individual named Bo and he was 30 years of penetration testing and hacking and was a Cali Linux guy. And we had this amazing conversation about his career and life. And the whole time what was going through my head is, Get your camera out, stupid. Get yeah. your camera out, yeah. stupid. But then I thought, if I do, he's just going to be like, maybe I'm not interested in that part of it. Right. Uh, but I did grab his car, so maybe we'll have him on Destination Linux in the future. But the conversations you have, you you almost feel like you don't want to ruin it and stop it with that. But So, Zeb, no, no girly cam this time. Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah. Well, Noah, you're into audio. You're also into small business. So you have Alta Speed. And you recently did an episode on small businesses. So yes, we did. tell us about it. 
Yeah, so that was it was a really interesting episode. So we knew for a while that we we're going to do a small business theme hour. And one of the gentlemen in the community who's actually sitting over off camera to my right here um, actually really spearheaded the community effort to bring the minds together and the talent together and pair that with the people that were looking for answers. And um, what we ended up doing, which was really cool, was uh, we started talking, like you said, with people at self. And I'm like, you should say that on camera. No, I'm not going to say that on camera. Okay. Who do you know that can say that on camera? My boss. Okay, call him. So this is, I don't know, 45 minutes before the show. And he's 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 like, here are my bosses on the phone. And I'm like, well, I, I can't put your boss on the air through your cell phone. So have him call my studio and then we can talk. That's how talk radio works. But I have to go get on the air because we're on the air in like six minutes. So just if I see him, I see him. And sure enough, the guy calls up and this guy, uh, Keith Perry, absolute gold. I mean, the guy has run a number of different businesses throughout his life and uh, being able to just spend 20 minutes on the phone with him. I feel like, I feel like I just have a bunch of new ideas and a bunch of different ways to approach small business. It's absolutely fantastic. And then of course, brought Chris DeLuca community member that had been spearheading all of these small business efforts. And he shared some tips and tricks with us and also created a small community and telegram for people to kind of center around, not affiliated with the shows or anything like that, but just he wants to be there to help other people and, and then learn from those that know more than he does. It's awesome. So are you seeing small businesses more interested in running Linux or do you have to guide them along or what's the deal with that? Right and left, right and left Rocco. I mean, you, you go and talk to some of these people and you say, listen, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? And they say, I want to get this business off the ground in the most cost-effective way possible, what software, what technology, what techniques can I use? And then you you hand it to them, and they're like, "Man, th- this got me off the ground." And and you talk to Jeremy Sands. I, Jeremy Sands is the head of Southeast Linux Fest, and in his keynote address last night, he said, "The reason I started Southeast Linux Fest, the reason I funded Southeast Linux Fest out of my pocket for so many years, is because I put food on the table because of Gentoo, PHP." Nginx and, and, and my sequel. And because of those projects, that is fun. That is the only thing that the only tools I need to do my job. And that makes me a very healthy income. So this is my way to give back to those that made those tools possible. And I am exactly in the same boat and I'd be willing to bet each one of you are too. We're all, all been helped and lifted up by the Linux community. And so we all have this need and desire to give back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think helping small business, I love the idea of a small business segment. I grew up in a small business. My dad launched a small computer store for a while. He was a programmer and he just would stay in his room all night long with Tums bottles everywhere, writing software. (laughs) And we were struggling to make it. And then one day he got big contracts with County and all this stuff and started writing major software. And then we eventually went to a store. We started selling hardware. So as a kid starting at 13, I started working at the hardware store, but we didn't Mm -hmm. have the advantage that big businesses had, right? They get all kinds of special cuts and treatments sure. and things that can happen. And of course they have money, yes. which a small business does it. Right. So you can't afford all the expensive software and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Having these, uh, the ability to show a small business that there's this stuff out there. And by the way, it costs nothing mm-hmm. and it can completely do things from like tracking customers, inventory, sales, all of that stuff is capable and out there is a game changer because now right. it allows people to compete with a big business without the big pockets. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. So obviously self 
is all about meeting people and having these interviews and having these chats. Um, and thankfully for us, Noah, you've been able to record several several episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when, are we, when are we going to be able to have a gorge on these episodes? When can we all just sit down and watch them? When are they going to come out? Sure. So the Asno episodes are out. You can download those at podcast.asnoashow.com. Those have been released. The indiv- Every talk itself was recorded. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there were some audio issues. Had nothing to do with Linux. But there were some audio issues from people inadvertently turning volume down and, and whatnot. And so not every one of the talks came out but the ones that have come out will be published on the southeast linux uh linux fest youtube channel and Mm -hmm. um i i would assume that those will be posted very quickly it is also possible and i haven't talked to jeremy about this yet that may now fall under my domain as lead av fascist and if it it does and if it does i will have those out within a day as soon as i get permission to post them because they are actually all sitting on my machine as soon as i get permission to post them they'll be posted in 24 hours otherwise he'll post them uh, when he has time the self videos under the the the, there's a a document on their on the website that says i'm like uh if you do the remote viewer thing you get them immediately but then otherwise it's like a like a month or two or something yeah but i don't think they're intentionally waiting for a month i think the month is jeremy doesn't think he's going to have time to post them so if he Uh, but he already asked me to post or to to, uh post some of the older videos that they have so if he tells me when you get done with the older ones then start on the new ones i'll have it done in a day or so okay cool i can't wait to see what mine will look like well um so yours won't Look like a whole be. lot because uh, it wasn't. I don't know that it was capturing much. And um, yeah, the bigger problem is really yeah. what it'll sound like. Well, actually, we know what it'll sound died. like. Here, here's what it'll sound like. Y'all ready? Yep. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good representation yeah. of what your video will, okay. will come out like. That's, that's only like the last 30, 25% of it. Like there's a little bit where their battery was still alive. And it, oh, <laughs> so, so it just kind of ended. Yeah. So this is like that. Wow, it'll this just kind of, it's really great. This is much yeah. better. This is a very yeah. interesting part. Absolutely no. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been an awesome chat. Um, I wish I was there enjoying it with you guys, but you guys enjoy the rest of the day. Uh, we have to let Noah go, or we would sit here and talk for another hour. We could really. Mm-hmm. We abused him last time, if you remember. So it's good, that we, <laughs> it's good that we end early, so maybe he'll come back again. He's like, I'm giving you one Listen, more shot. I would be, I would be honored and thrilled uh, to come on the show anytime. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be here and to chat with you guys. Awesome. Thank and it was you, great man. to meet you in person too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That was a big highlight for me. So uh, thank you very much for having me, and. Um, let me know when lunch is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So asknoahshow.com is Noah's yes, website. Uh, southeastlinuxfest.org is the website. You can go to check out more. Thank you to everybody at Self, uh, the organizers behind it. All of it is much appreciated because otherwise this wouldn't be possible. Yep. All right. Everybody have a great week. And remember, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Holy I crap. I wasn't guilt tripping you. Dude. <laughs> Look right there. That's the internet. Oh. <laughs>
start the show. Dig it. Thank All you. Right, go. Hey, okay. <laughs> I see the problem. Technical difficulties here. Hold on one second. Now let me go into the, the Zoom settings here and fix the audio. <laughs> No, that is terrible. Total blast of the audio. Oh, probably still sounded better than Michael's mic. Oh. Can you hear us now? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Now we can hear you good. Now Goodness. we have Mega Stereo Sound. Yeah. Yes. I love it. We're live. Yeah, I've got you now. Destination Linux. I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the added thing. I'm still on it and everything. It's, Every day. I just don't want to, I don't want to be like pretending it's. He's on it even on days they don't do it. He's That's on true. Every day. That's true. No. We need to get closer on the camera. Uh, is the angle good? Oh, I can't really see it. Yes, the angle. Okay, looks I can bring it closer if it's better or not. I don't know. No, you're fine. I don't want you any closer. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the camera. Oh. <laughs> talking. Try talking. Michael, are you okay? Just falling over, eh? <laughs> There's a there's a leg right Maybe there. Maybe we have to change it in. And now mine's not there. Oh. Speaking of airport, we got to get Michael to the airport because he doesn't have a yeah, car apparently. So really, that's weird. You know, we yeah, can get him yeah, to the I'm airport. We can hang out with him for another day. Yeah, I'm not the airport. I could just leave you here. That does not. Sound I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that? Me. We can't hear you, Michael. Say again. <laughs> not, not hearing you. Sorry. You speak up, please. That's why you don't mess with an audio professional. He could just mess your life up. Noah, thanks again, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs>